if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hired this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going on Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to marcellaalonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did and welcome to Sunday Funday Today, my guest is Maggie Hyde. Maggie, welcome, welcome to Sunday Fun Day with Marcella Alonzo. How are you doing today? Great. And thank you so much for being on my show, Maggie. Please introduce yourself and let my uh, listeners know how you got into stand-up comedian, comedy. Um, hey, Marcella. I'm Maggie. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm Maggie Hyde. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian based in Santa Monica, California, which is by the the LA by the beach. Um, I started doing stand-up kind of by accident, actually, Marcella. Um, I uh, about five years ago, um, my I you know I talk about in my stand-up that um, you know one of the jokes I usually start with is that uh, I do surprisingly well on dating apps, and I think it's because my profile says that I don't want kids, and then they it's because, and then they find out it's because I have four. <laughs> I do, yeah. I do have four children. Uh, and my oldest son, uh, in Santa Monica, California, that's expensive. Right? Well, and most, yeah, most of them are grown now. I mean, I have kids, uh, you can believe it 29 to 12. Oh, so okay. I have been a mom for a very long time. Um, but my oldest son had decided he was in New York. He was going to NYU studying business, but he'd also done improv and he wanted to do stand up. And I found um, a class for him and with this teacher who happened to be here in San in Venice, uh, Jerry Katzman. But instead of doing stand up, my son went to Japan and did a business internship. And now he has a very good career and makes a lot of money. So he probably <laughs> made the right choice. Uh, but I had that class on my desktop and I kept looking at it. I was like, I'm funny. I think I'm funny. And um, I, uh, you know, auditioned for the class and I got in and then I was kind of like, oh no, I got in, you know, and I hadn't performed some, in years. I'd always been sort of behind the scenes creative person. I've produced Academy Award nominated documentaries. I've um, written like 16 children's books Uh and it's kind of funny that I ended up in stand-up now because, you know, my family really hates it. You know, I often say that the only thing that would be worse for my kids is if I did porn. And then I'm like, well, maybe then I could pay for their therapy, you know, but like, mm -hmm. I'm just joking. But no, I mean, they really hate it. And I'm like, well, like, what would I do now after doing stand-up if I went back to writing children's books? I mean, what would the books be like? See, spot, fuck? I have no idea, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, you know... So it happened by accident and then I just loved it and nobody could believe I was doing it. I think my friends first started coming to shows because they actually weren't sure I was funny. And now they keep coming because 
you know, now with my producing partner, Amanda Michelle, I mean, I think we've, we were counting, I think in the last three years, we produced somewhere between 50 and a hundred shows, Maggie's mashups all over mm-hmm. the country, um, where we bring together a diverse group of comedians, um, headliners and up and comers. Uh, and it's just a mashup of different voices. Yeah. Oh, no. And so, uh, you started Maggie's mashup right after you got into producing that or um... I started I started I did my first mashup um and it was here in Santa Monica that was sold out um mm-hmm. the the Sunday before the first covid lockdown Oh wow Yeah and then you know I loved I loved doing stand up so much I did tons of zoom comedy which was horrible and I wrote a ton and worked on my sort of performance skills, recorded a lot of different skits and content and just um, and produced whatever I could during the pandemic. I was able to produce a live stream show for charity benefiting the National Civil Rights Museum where we had comedians and uh, Kid Leroy was at, at our performance and Bryce Fine and a bunch of comedians. And that was really fun. And so I produced whatever I could um, as things opened up. And then we just, once things, the more they were open, the more places we produced shows and more opportunities. Open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, uh, you're, you've got three at home now, kids, right? Three no. or so two. Two, two. I, two. I had only one, but my 25 year old son recently moved back in with me because his first serious relationship ended and he uh, lost his apartment and well, he didn't want to go back to his apartment in New York. So he came home, but I love having him here. It's really nice having him home actually. Not all in Santa Monica. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I used to live in LA for about 10 years. So I'm very familiar. Yeah. I, know, I remember all of that area. So when was the first time that you actually uh, went well, you said you did stand up right before the COVID and that was about because California, how long were you guys locked up? I think you were like closed down, locked up, closed down. Oh, so, I mean, you know, it seemed like forever. It, it, for- <laughs> it seemed like forever. But, you know, things would open up and close down. And as soon as we could start doing shows, we really did. So I think we started producing shows again. Well, I did the show in on my my birthday three or four years ago was the show I spoke about the treehouse relief show uh-huh. uh for charity and then you know yeah I mean anything we could do we did any venues that were, were open whether it was outdoors or whatever we just you know we wanted to keep doing stand-up like you know I came to this late in life this passion and love for stand-up mm-hmm. and so I felt like you know I don't have time to wait for the pandemic to be over I have to keep you know honing the craft and, you know, keep my rhythm up or, you know, I just, you know, I don't have the time to wait for it to all be over. Yeah. 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 Just might as well keep on working through it through the pandemic. Have you been able to tour lately or, uh, well, after way after the opening, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's touring. Um, I've been focusing on doing, you know, uh, mini tours, a lot of California coasts, Uh um, central California, and then down to San from San Diego up to Santa Cruz. You know, I've been doing tons of shows and um, we produce a show once a month in Palm Springs at the Hilton, which we've been doing for about a year, one, one Friday a month. Um, uh-huh. We have one coming up uh, this, this coming Friday, February 10th um, at the Hilton in Palm Springs. 
And those shows have been really fun. And, and um, we built quite a local following and we, it's like mostly LA comics with some um, Palm Springs area comics. And it's super fun. So we've been doing that. And I think we're going to try to do some shows in Austin in the spring and, you know, we're just, whatever opportunities come along, we, we, you know, we keep developing it. We're doing a monthly show now at Westside Comedy in Santa Monica, which is really fun. Uh And that show, we actually have a lottery spot, which is great where everyone, people put their name in the hat and we, you know, we will pull one out and give someone three to five minutes. And uh, the last show we did that, it was kind of crazy but it was super fun. You know, we pulled the name out of the hat and it was a girl named Olinka Pachinko from Ukraine. And um, she did sort of a performance arts piece. And like, I think the audience was a little scared, but they were very supportive of her. And afterwards she was like, it was the best night of my life, you know? So it, it's an open mic for comics and they just- No, no it's a book show with headliners, but uh-huh. in the middle of the show, we pull one name out of the hat for someone and they could be a comic or not a comic. And we give the opportunity to someone to get on stage for three to five minutes. So oh, wow. one, one audience member, which is really fun. Oh, and, wow. it's really, and they're really supported because we have headlining comics and uh-huh. the audience knows they've never done this before. So oh, they really okay. get behind them and support them, you know. OK, I just thought anybody walks in and then they get a chance. It's like, oh, no, no, we don't. Oh, not, Lord. We're, we're not doing an open mic. It's just okay. you know, it's fun to give, you know, to give our audience, you know, because, you know, when, when you do stand up, everyone will always say to you, oh, I've always wanted to do stand up. And I can't tell mm-hmm. you how many friends I've had say that. And so now I say to them, like, well, if you put your name in the hat, if you come to this show, you can give it a shot, you know, and test so, it out. Yeah. Yeah. And see how. Yeah, it's not as easy as it looks. I mean, no, no, that's why the art of stand up to me, that's why I've always admired comedians, because you have to go write down your own material, you have to take the time, then go talk in front of somebody and then cater to that audience, what that audience like what that audience doesn't like, and everything else. Yeah, you know, doing stand up is really a conversation. And you can't really do it without the audience. I mean, part of it is trying to really be present and connect with them and feel the mood of what's going on and not be so rehearsed and locked into material that you can't shift and change and go where the audience needs to go. Right. right. It really, you know, and the, the, the times where a set feels really good, you feel really like you're really connected with the audience. Because mm-hmm. like, I, I always say that I feel like um, doing stand-up is like emotional skydiving. And and I say that because it's like the one thing you tell your friends you do and they'll go, oh, my God, you're so brave. But mm-hmm. when they really mean you're so crazy because, it, <laughs> you know, you're taking a huge risk, personal risk, you know, um, when you're really authentic and, you know, you have a lot to say. It's not, you know, I don't think you can do stand up without offending somebody, you know. Yeah, especially now with it. We have all that cancel culture and everything else. Yeah. So do you talk about uh, your kids a lot in your act too? I do. I do. I do talk about my kids and I talk about marriage and divorce and dating. Um, Yeah. I I talk about what's authentic to me. Right. When I, I swear, when I felt, when I lived in Los Angeles, I felt like I was the only parent there sometimes. It's, it's, it's a weird feeling but when I think about it I remember like in New York I run across more different types of people different stages of area but my god I've never been somewhere where it was so many people that it was like 
they they weren't parents until the only people that were parents were the the parents of the kids that my daughter went to school yeah <laughs> like everybody else was like far from being a parent never thought about it was having this fantasy of becoming an actress that like it was weird <laughs> all sorts of uh yeah I feel like you know yeah I mean LA is really youth focused you yes know? But actually, I think that's one of the things that it's it's great that stand up is what I came to at this point in my life, because, you know, I don't think it really matters. And I actually think as a woman, it's really helpful being older doing stand up. Like, I don't yeah. think I don't think there's this youth pressure on stand up. I mean, because it really has to do with what you have to say and what in, are you funny and can you connect with the audience? Right. And, um, you know, I, I think sometimes it's harder for an audience to think that, you know, someone 20 has that much to say. They haven't lived that long, you know, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, they don't have, you know, sometimes well, don't have- I, I've seen, like, I've seen some comedians that are females so, and, and some that are like really good, but they're not getting the attention. And then I see some and I'm sitting there and I'm like, who are they boning to get this job? Like, and, and all they are is like, I'll give it to them. They're cute. You know, maybe they need to go to a strip club, but I'm or and work there, but I'm like, they're not funny. And I've seen that yeah. a lot where I've seen like some females, certain females, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're really, really good. They're funny. How come they're not getting attention? And then I see, I see yeah. one and I'm like, and I'm always right too. I'm, I can always, I can always sniff the slut. You should say <laughs> out of it. I could say she's boning somebody because she's not man she's not even funny like why is she and then I'm like they were like how did you know and well, I'm like yeah <laughs> they're like I you can know tell. you know so it's, you know, yeah but you know what it's like everything in life is about relationships right uh I mean I think that you know part of like just in stand-up like anything else is the relationships you build with people yeah you know and I I they're really you know, building I, I'm some not, relationships I'm not, I'm not really them. <laughs> I'm not building the relationships on my back, but, right. uh, but, um, you know, I really try to be supportive of other comedians and, yeah. you know, no, but I, I've, I've noticed yeah. that personally when the, I've seen where some females comics are really, really good and they're not getting this attention. And then I'll see a younger one that I'm like, what, what are they even, what? I can't relate to. Sometimes though, what I've found is that comedians, some of the comedians, a lot of the comedians I work with may be very talented, but some comedians don't really promote themselves. And I think that younger people, that's more natural for them. So that might be part of it too. No, this one, they were boning somebody. Oh, okay. Well, this person, I was right. They were boning somebody. Yeah, I mean, you know, (laughs) as women, we usually have a sixth sense for those things, don't we? Right. Right. No, (laughs) this one, I I could, like I said, I got the sniff uh slut sniffer out of me yeah like I can spot it because I know uh you know but I what I would say I'm supportive but I'm supportive of all women whatever they've got to do but I've seen more females that need recommend um what's the proper word that more female comedians that do really really good that don't get enough attention uh, well I mean I think that's true in general I mean I think that there's still sort of you know, a male bias, you know, like like that, you know, and there's still a lot of people who will say women are funny and it seems shocking now, but there, there is sort of that old school comedy sort of thing, kind of, uh, bro thing. Yeah. 
Well, and, and I noticed also, and, I think I, I talked with uh, Kat about this is guys seem to have like this fan base of girls like knocking in the door and banging, trying to see them. But uh, for the female comics, they don't get that. Uh, they don't get uh, like the the fans chasing them down like or I don't know. Do you, uh, Have you noticed that? Like the male yeah. comics get more of the female fan. Yeah, you know, maybe so. I mean, maybe some some male comics use their uh, their um, Instagram for their DM for dating instead of Tinder. <laughs> I don't know. You know, they might yeah. be doing that. Um, that might be it. And for us, maybe it's a little scarier. Someone DMs you, you know, a dick pic. You well, know, no, I don't think DM, it, I don't think I don't know. The- the DM, I um, it's more of them like chasing them down or like going to the, you know. I've never personally seen that with oh, any okay. comics I know. I mean, maybe Cat knows somebody. I don't know. I have <laughs> not seen that. I think all the male comics I know would wish that would happen. <laughs> I wish that would happen. <laughs> they would be they would be thrilled because they're touring know. every city and girls are banging on that hotel door. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Chris Rock or somebody. I none yeah. of the comedians, even the ones I know who have TV, you know, big TV credit. I've never seen that. I mean, maybe it happens and I'm just oblivious, but I have been in a lot of green rooms and I haven't seen a lot of that. But Kat's oh, okay. you know, Kat's done a lot of movies and you know, um, you know, a lot of, lot of acting work. So maybe, oh, okay. maybe, maybe she's, seen. she's more of that than I do, or maybe she pays more attention to it. I one did time. work one time with David Spade. And I remember, uh, this was the time I met, um, uh, Norm McDonald and I was lucky. I got a picture of him and I remember mm-hmm. uh, it was a, it was a movie I was working as an extra and like three or four girls were all going to hang, like dying to go hang out with him. And I, I could care less about him because I love Norm Macdonald. So yeah. luckily I was grabbed, but I, yeah, I, I know David Spade. I've seen him with a couple, like, well, I'm sure when you get to be like that kind of a list, yeah. you have tons of people following you around, but yeah. for the majority of us working our way there, I, I have not seen a lot. <laughs> I have not. I, I wish we're all no men knocking on the door. Like, <laughs> oh, well, you know what? I do really like young guys. Uh-huh. And, um, I will say, yeah, I have had some, you know, some very, some young guys who saw me as their perfect, you know, MILF occasionally. I mean, that has happened occasionally. Yeah. Um, because I do talk about in my comedy about liking to date young guys, you know? Oh, okay. They're a lot, they're, you know, for me, they're more fun. I mean, you know, uh, but you know, it's like, there is an expiration date. I always say, you know, cause they're bound to say something insensitive, do something stupid, get grounded, you know, kind of deal, but yeah, yeah, yeah. just kick them out the door and they got to go. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I remember I was talking about one show, uh, about dating young guys and, uh, an older female comedian came up to me and was like, so how many Xboxes have you bought this year? And I just about died laughing. She was like, yeah, <laughs> date young guys. You're going to be buying them Xboxes. I was like, okay, well, I haven't gotten there yet, but Xbox. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my God. yeah. No, we just use and abuse the young ones and go flick, flick. <laughs> That's yeah. well, what we need. You know, I feel like they're a lot of fun and, you know, I mean, I have four children. I've been married twice. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, I, 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 there, like I always say I've been married twice. It turns out you can't actually get worse at something. So I, I never <laughs> say never, but I don't see a third marriage in my future because I feel like, you know, like guys, my age want to date 24 year olds, you know, and I, I, and, and I don't want to date someone, you know, 
you know, my dad's age. So, you know, you know, and younger guys are more fun. Like I don't, you know, I like to, you know, I'm out doing comedy and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. So it kind of works out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. No, the younger guy. What about you? Do you, are you dating or? No, uh, no, but I always joke around about using young boys like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no Xbox buying. I don't buy nobody Xboxes. Forget that. Neither do I. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> I just oh thought she my was really gosh. funny. She, 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 she was like, I bought three at three Xboxes last year. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so what are the clubs that uh you work over in LA? The what are your favorite clubs to work at or well I'm producing a show. Living? I'm producing a show right now at um Westside Comedy in Santa Monica, which is I think the oldest comedy club on the west side of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. It's right behind the Third Street Promenade. It's a great club. Um, I've been producing shows and doing shows at Flappers for a lot of years and usually do a show, do some shows there. Um, of course I love the, you know, everyone loves the comedy store and all these places, but, um, I've, I've done shows at a lot of places around town. Um, but you know, I really, wherever I'm performing, I, I haven't met a venue I didn't like, except for maybe a bar where all the guys were watching football. (laughs) <laughs> actually you know i i did a some a friend's bar show uh before the holidays and everyone was paying pool and i i was the first comic up and it was so loud and no one would listen and i finally was like i know what i'm gonna do i'm like i just said i said dick and blowjob over and over again and then all the guys went quiet <laughs> and then i did all my dick jokes in a row and then and, and it worked for a while i got them to stop playing pool for about 10 minutes you know? oh wow <laughs> yeah so you have to be able to handle anything if you're yeah. doing stand up. I, I like any venue that there's an audience that wants to be there you know any yeah. venue where someone's paying to be there they want they're there to laugh that's true you know, that's you know? True. so yeah um, but yeah. we all do a lot of practice and we do our friend shows and we do bar shows because we want to keep having that conversation going on to develop our standup. We really have to have the feedback of an audience, like, because, you know, really quickly if a joke works or not, you can't force a person to laugh, you know? Yeah. So you've always lived in uh, California? No, actually, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, originally. Oh, wow. When did you come to L.A.? I actually have been out here though, since I, I went to boarding school in California when I was a teenager. So I have been in LA a very long, in California, a very long time, but oh, wow. I am from Memphis. My family, my, my parents are in Memphis and in Nashville and Tennessee still, oh, but wow. I raised my children here. Yeah. Oh, you raised your children through COVID and <laughs> yeah, but we, I raised all my kids born and raised here in Santa Monica. Yeah. Which sometimes like, you know, I do some jokes about like that I'm new agey, but I'm practical. So I'll be like, you know, I have crystals for my anxiety and I take Xanax and <laughs> I get my house feng shui just in case it works. And I take Xanax. Um, <laughs> I have a ton of Buddhas in my house. And did I mention I snored Xanax? And then I'd be like, you know, I think maybe I've gotten a little too new agey. It's gone too far because the other day I walked into my 12 year old daughter's room as she was leading her American girl dolls in a pretend ayahuasca ceremony, and, <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes, sometimes I do think, you know, maybe I should have had my kids spend a little more time in the South, but, uh, you know, and get a little more perspective, but it's funny. Cause like now my older kids all like want to leave California, you know, a lot of them, my daughter, my oldest got married and moved to Nashville. 
Mm -hmm. My son who's with me now says he wants to move to Charleston. And, you know, I hope the, you know, I hope that's not true. Cause I, the one thing I do know is I don't want to live thousands of miles away from my kids forever. Like, right. no, I don't want that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're tired of, uh, cause that's a lot of changes since COVID. In yeah, LA. I think, you know, for my daughter, she, you know, it's a lot more affordable in Nashville, you know, yeah. if you're a kid and you think you're wanting to build a family and buy a house, you know, LA is hard place to do that. Yeah, that was one of the reasons that made me leave L.A. was I was sitting there going, how am I ever going to buy a house? Like, this is ridiculous. You know, like I would have yeah. to go deep, 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 deep in the valley past Santa Clarita to like, and yeah. who really wants to be that landlocked? You know? I know, exactly. So, you know, and I think that like whatever is different appeals to young people, like the opposite of what your parent, you know, like they want to experience something new. Right. You know, Um I, I like often talk about like, you know, my kids have all been in these serious monogamous relationships. I think at a young age is, is like, because I, they'd been through so many divorces, right. They want the, opposite, <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, I think that, you know, I hope that they're not that far away forever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, no, it's probably has to do with the expense of the house. Like realistically, where are we going to live in Riverside seems yeah. scary place yeah. <laughs> when yeah, you start not... seeing people move to riverside that you grew up with and that's probably what's happening you're like yeah i had a, a, a comic that i produced a show in santa barbara last week uh which i do that occasionally too i, I produce a uh-huh. show at the red piano in santa barbara on state street and one of my comedians was talking about that during covid uh, his landlord tried to evict him and then had to give him a big settlement so he and his wife bought a house but they had to buy a house in lake by lake arrowhead you know, he had to oh. go that far away, you know? And yeah, like, cause they, that's the only practical place. And he was like, the only things to do out there are do meth and go hiking. There's like, <laughs> you know, and that's what, you know, that's what hiking like, eight hours. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, that's how far away he had to go. So that's, you know, it's pretty common. Yeah. No, I, I said that when I lived there way before the pandemic, I'll never forget. Somebody had moved there and decided to do real estate decide you know these people that transplant and they decide to do and you really haven't lived in California and I said you know I kind of always see the future and I said the middle class is really dying here in Los Angeles and they were like there's million dollar homes in Burbank and I go but who can afford to live in the you know who can afford like and and now I was right like yeah (laughs) yeah but, you know, that's why it's fun that there's co- great comedy going on other places, too. Like, I'm excited yeah. to go to Austin when I finally get there. And I guess Nashville has a great comedy scene, too. Um, and, um, you know, all, I'm, I have a lot of fun doing these traveling shows, you know, and play in these smaller towns. People really are excited to go see a comedy show. I mean, they're so into it. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. is really fun. It's it's really fun to get out of the big city and go these where these people are so excited to be at a stand up show. You know, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. I heard Austin's getting pretty big because I've interviewed a couple um, comedians over there. Yeah, I, mean, I think. People. I mean, I think it's because of Joe Rogan. You know, I know he just brought them all. Yeah, like yeah. they just followed him. And- yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fun to be able to do comedy a lot of different places because you get you know it's a different audience you get different feedback you know and you want whatever your 
you're like for me, what I'm talking about is authentic to me, but I also want there to be enough truth in it that different audiences from different backgrounds can relate to it. Right. Right. You know, and sometimes when you live in a place like LA or New York, you know, you can just be surrounded by all people who think the same way and you don't get as feedback. Yeah. So I actually really like that, you know? Yeah. Well, middle America is a lot different than the two big cities. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I have that perspective from having grown up in the South. You know, I definitely Mm -hmm. see both sides of it. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember when Trump was running the first time, everyone here thought Hillary was going to win. And I was like, I don't think so. (laughs) You know, because I was talking to people in Tennessee and stuff. Uh Like, you guys, it might not happen. (laughs) (laughs) You knew the warning. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, somebody told me they go, don't worry, do you think people would really vote for Trump? Do you really think that's going to happen? Like somebody I'll never forget. Somebody said that to me. They go, do you really think Americans are that dumb that they're going to? And then next thing you know, he he I said, what the hell? You just lied to me. Yeah, no, I mean, I could tell just because when I went home to Memphis, you know, every sign was for him, right? Really? Everywhere. And Memphis is a pretty, the city itself is pretty democratic, but everywhere you went, you know, so I think when you see the middle of the, when you have perspective, you have family or whatever, it was like a, oh no, maybe this isn't what I think, you know? Um, Oh, you have, yeah, that's true. Because middle America kind of like dominates the the, the rest of the, more than both like New York and LA. Yeah. Yeah. The South is a really interesting place to be from. And I always say that I love, you know, it's a great place to Memphis is a great place to be from in the past tense, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. I don't think I would, could ever move back. Um, I like to visit, but you know, I mean, it's, you know, they've been going through a lot, you know, uh, with, you know, what just happened in Memphis and everything. Um, what happened? Uh, you know, the, the, there was a, police officers beat to death. Of, uh, oh, yes, 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 yes. I've, yeah. I've but, you know, Memphis, you know, you know, there's a lot that's gone on and it's, you know, I really feel for people there because the city has really um, tried to be more at, for the South, more progressive. It really has. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I think, you know, COVID and everything, like every other city made think tensions more high everywhere. Yeah. Know? Now COVID changed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was particularly hard on Memphis, you know, um, like it was on everybody, but I think it was particularly. Yeah. Oh, I saw how COVID hit West Hollywood. That was the thing that was crazy because uh-huh. I went through West Hollywood and I, that was the spot, like I like to stay at and there's a, there's a hotel I always like to say, cause I feel safe around the boys around uh-huh. there. Right. Well, yeah. then I get in the hotel. It's all straight boys. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> what the hell's happening in West Hollywood now? Like, why is, why is all these straight men in here? And then I went, there was a CVS. And then I saw like a queen over there. And I go, what's going on with all? The-? He goes, yes, they're everywhere. <laughs> the straight men are <laughs> I go, I came to stay here to feel safe. Like I'm always, I, cause I love staying in West Hollywood, you know, the Ramada yeah, yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite place to stay. And then everything was all empty and between the straight man and the, I was like, what is going on here? This is not. <laughs> so how did you get into the loving com- comedy? And oh, I've me? always loved com- um, comedians. And I, I always, um, so my thing is I, I've always wanted to be a producer, like a Puerto Rican, Johnny Carson, um, not a comic, but somebody that interviews people. 
mm-hmm. um, sort of like a Lauren Michaels or, you know, somebody more behind the scenes. So I've always joined comedy. Plus, I've um, I've never enjoyed concerts and I've never enjoyed music. So um, I was a stripper for many years. So after that must work- have made that very difficult, not enjoying music, stripping. Well, I'll tell you why I didn't enjoy music. I started off in nude clubs and some of the rock songs back in the day and some of the like, uh, I think it's NXS or whatever. I have haunting memories of roast beef. So oh my I, goodness. <laughs> that is why I, I, I've always enjoyed. So nights that I would have off work, I would always enjoy going to different comedies and it just always makes me you know through the years you got to think how old Saturday Night Live is um luckily I'm not as old as that show but I that was my favorite show that's always been there for me year after year after year no matter what it is so I've always enjoyed comedy I do not want to do stand-up comedy (laughs) at all I don't want to do it but I do have a SAG card so if anybody's a comic writer and they need a Hispanic woman I will play the following <laughs> a nurse uh a teacher a parent even a housekeeper so they always put me in, in um even if uh I played a tamale lady on office so oh my um, goodness. yeah so I I am a I am in the entertainment business but I've always enjoyed uh stand-up comedians and so with this show uh my goal is to showcase different comedians and I've so far showcased a lot of New York comics and was there people. was there one comedian that sort of got you hooked or you just liked comedy shows in general um so the this past show there was a comedian actually there's one comedian that I saw that I recently got Sarah Conteres uh, and I just interviewed her and um wow, okay. so I was so happy to that was a moment um for me because I remember watching her act when it came out and like I want to say the year 2007 and um, I was so happy I found her on TikTok and I was able to nab her and interview her. So that that's something special because I remember her act word for word, just like I um, remember, uh, now I forgot what's his name. Uh, God, I can't think of who it is I saw in 2020. I always talk about this too. Um, Carlson, what's his name? God, my brain. Um, I'll remember it later. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so she is she a New York comedian? The one you- she she is a New York comedian. However, when I saw her, I was living on the West Coast. Oh, okay. And uh-huh. I remember her. So I'm Puerto Rican and Cuban, and I remember. You know, usually we see Mexican com Hispanic people. Uh, when we're being represented, we're always being represented as being Mexican. So the fact that she was um, Puerto Rican, like my mother's side, my mother's family, very much, I was, it was very, very relatable. And I remember George Carlin, I remember George Carlin's full act that I saw in 2020. And I remember her act. So it's one of the things that like core memory has stuck with me. So that was a very exciting thing for me. So yeah, George Carlin is the first comedian I remember registering as when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, I never went to see him, but I remember seeing parts of his act and mm-hmm. um, that like it, like knowing what a comedian was. I think, yeah, George Carlin, yeah. Was the first person. Yeah, that. I saw him in 20, not 2020, 2000, when the, when the Millennium, I was there, like, right, I remember New Year's Eve, that was the concert I went to. So, right. Wow, that yeah. was super fun. 
Um, I remember going and, and I was like, it was just him and it was good that I saw him, but, um, I really appreciate when I go to, I really love it. Like I enjoyed the time when I was in LA because I would go to the comedy store a whole lot. And I like seeing different acts. I like seeing 15 minutes acts of different people. Yeah. And then I love going with somebody and then we talk notes about who was our favorite person or whatever. And then whoever the favorite person was, I go to Google, I start searching everything or follow yeah. them on IG and, and try following, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then you would really like Maggie's mashup because that's exactly <laughs> what we do. We have a big group of comedians that are doing, you know, between 10 and 20 minutes, you know, so you get mm-hmm. to see a lot of different voices and see who you really connect with and yeah. you know, who you like, you know, that's exactly what I try to do. Yeah, no, those I enjoy. So as a cu- client, customer point patron, um, that's what I like seeing. You know what I mean? I, when I first moved to New York, I really didn't know where to go. This was in 2019 and I went to Caroline's and I was cu- even to, like I uh, I saw JB Smoove and I've actually worked with him before. Mm-hmm. So um, and it was good to see him and everything. But I was kind of like, damn, it's just him because it's a headliners club. Yeah. So I, I don't really like now my favorite place in New York is the stand. Okay. Yeah. I love okay. the stand out of all I've been to a couple other places and the stand is my favorite. Okay. Good to know. I produced a show a couple of years ago at Westside comedy in New York, okay. but, uh, but I, yeah, I haven't been back to New York in a little bit because I've been really focusing on this, you know, of, over here, but uh, yeah, I do love New York and New York yeah. comics are so lucky because, you know, they can do multiple shows in one night. Cause they can I actually see. get to them. We can't <laughs> traffic. I mean, you know, trying to go to a show, you have a show in Santa Monica and then a show in Hollywood. Oh, I might that ain't well, happening. <laughs> I might well fly to New York, you know, like it's right. like crazy, you know, so the traffic can be so bad, you know? Oh yeah. When I lived there. So I always stood in, in North Hollywood and I would stay in my little pocket. And then my one good friend, he would live in West Hollywood. He wouldn't dare you, you know, the gays, they don't go south of La Brea. They don't go past there's, you know how they stay yeah. in their vicinity. So yeah, I would have know. to go visit yeah. him because God forbid he goes to the Valley. He might melt, but yeah. I think we're all that way. I mean, they talk about people from the West side, like me never crossing the four or five. So yeah. I, mean, I think, I think, you know, that's a great thing for me that, you know, comedy also did for me is, you know, I had all these children and when you, you know, you're overwhelmed when you have kids that I didn't leave my bubble very much over here in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. But once I started doing comedy, I was going all over the city and meeting all sorts of different people and it really getting me seeing more of the city again and traveling, which is really great. Cause you know, you, you've been a mom. I mean, when you have little kids, it's hard to think of, you know, going out at all. Right. Or you don't even want to go out with them. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you're you're just too tired. So it was really, it's really gotten me really exploring my own city more and traveling more and like doing the show in Palm Springs. Like I realized like after I had never been really to Palm Springs and I was like, mm-hmm. I really love the desert. Like it's really, do you grown. stay the night when you go there or how does, yeah, we do. I do. I mean, I, I have a little place. I love to stay. Uh, that's a hot springs place. The desert hot springs has hot springs and it's, mm-hmm kind of I've stayed at this place the azure palm is a little hidden gem and then sometimes the hilton will have a room for us but we usually give it to our headliner if there's a room oh okay but it's um you know the desert during you know this time of year is just this is the prime time 
So everything is really, there's tons of people in the desert going to the desert this time of year. Yeah. And it's not as hot as it during the summer. No, it's not hot at all. I mean, we've actually been having really, I know this is going to be funny saying this to a person in New York, but we've been having the coldest, wettest winter I remember ever, maybe since 1995. How cold has it been? Well, half the time I look, it's the same temperature as in New York. I mean, you guys have had some warm days. So, I mean, like today. Yeah, we've had some days in the fifth, this, the past two days, it was as low as four to 24. That's extremely cold. That's very extremely cold, but we've been, we've been in the forties and fifties, you know, that is is, New York. Yeah. Which is really cold for us. And we've had so much rain. Like I actually Christmas, right after Christmas for weeks, I thought I was going to need an arc. You know, I thought we were all gonna, I thought we were going to all float away. I mean, it was crazy because, you know, LA does not function in the rain. I right. mean, oh I, no, people don't know what to do when it rains in LA. No, they can't drive and the roads flood and then there's mudsides places and all sorts. And they're of- freaking out. People. Yeah. Freak out. <laughs> but it was a lot. Like it was so much rain for us. Like I love Groundhog's Day and the show I did last week was on Groundhog's Day and mm-hmm. Groundhog actually saw his shadow sadly, which means mm-hmm. there's supposedly six more weeks of winter to put that in perspective. He's only right 40% of the time, but that's more than most weathermen. So like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm ready for some, you know, warmer California weather, you know, like sixties, at least sixties or seventies. Yeah. I mean, I don't like hot weather anymore, like super mm-hmm. hot, but this is awfully cold and, and for us. And yeah, cause yeah. we, we have had some warmer days here. And then I've, yeah, like, so for fifties, for you guys, that would be, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. No, it's been quite cold. And like I said, the rain people can't handle, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So what are, um, are you big plans that you have ultimate goals with comedy? Do you want, do you want to get into acting or, uh, you know, I would really like to tour with an amazing comedian, you know, and be able to do that. Mm-hmm. you know, half the year or something or part of the year. That's what I would I mean that. Cause I really want to do stand up. I mean, my, mm-hmm. my, in, I mean, I would, I guess if someone offered me an acting job and it was interesting, I would do it, but I'm not, I mean, that's not my end goal. I'm not trying to become a comedy writer in a mm-hmm. writing room or create a sitcom or, you know, but right. I really love stand up. I want to do stand up. I mean, that's what I want. Oh, cool. And, and you want to be able to tour? Yeah. With somebody that I really respect. Oh, okay. I got you like open yeah. up for somebody. Yeah. I mean, somebody, and it does like, I, I, I like that. lots of different voices. So I, I could be someone I'm completely different than I don't care. I just want to be able to be on tour with someone amazing and go to a lot of different cities. And just, I want to do stand up. I mean, I consider it a privilege every time I walk onto a stage and there's an audience there. I mean, I, I don't oh, wow. take it. I don't take it for granted. You know, so I think what it's is, the greatest what thing. What does each one of these kids say? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I have this joke I do, which I kind of am most well known for, mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know, um, I love being a mom, um, you know, and I know four is a lot, but you know what they say about having kids? It's a lot like making pancakes. First one's kind of fucked up. Probably, <laughs> yeah, probably should have thrown it away. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think having kids is a lot more like eating pancakes. You always regret your fourth one. So I often say afterwards to the audience, which is true. None of my pancakes like that joke. And I will say that 
none of my kids like that joke. And uh, especially my first pancake. And, and this is actually true. My oldest daughter disinvited me from her wedding because of that joke. And it, really, it's one of the things that's made me the saddest because that joke is not about her. It's about the whole, like, I'm a first pancake too. Like, right. No, well, like, no it's a lot and, of work to have kids. It's a lot yeah. of work. It's a whole and, bunch of... you know, and so, and I adore her and I, you know, and I love all my kids. So I, I, you know, but jokes are jokes. Jokes right. are not, there's truth in them, you know, but there's yeah. not, there, it's not like I'm saying, I wish I had thrown my kids away. I would never, I love all my kids, yeah. but, but yeah, my kids don't love that. I do stand up, you know? Um, well, uh, anything that, or, uh, anything that we do parents do, like they just don't, well, you know, really support till except for my older son who's living with me. He's the only one who is well very supportive and he comes to my shows and you know, oh. people love it when he's there and now I Now that's he, the one that lived in Japan. Yeah, and lived in New York. He went to NYU. So Oh, he has a good he, education. Yeah, and he has a good job now and he's a sweetheart and he's also funny. Like he and I used to riff off each other a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's the reason I realized that I was funny because my family is very Southern and very serious and very conservative and, and private and waspy and all that stuff. And so for me, like I was funny in private, mm-hmm. you know, at my own dinner table, but not even in front of my family. They were, I was right. raised so conservative. I mean, I, I remember like, I couldn't even say the word. Can I say these words on your show? Like, can yeah, I what, say bad words? What, can, what, I say, what, yeah, can I yeah. say, can I say some bad words or? Yeah. I couldn't even say the word cunt or pussy until I was over 30. I just had some oh. middle block because I was raised so conservatively. So when oh. I found, when I found, you know, stand up in my forties, I was like, I finally had like my full voice. And that was like very powerful for me to be authentic with myself and be able to have a, just a full voice, you know, but that's hard for people around you when you change. I mean, anytime yeah. you change. And people see you a certain way. I think it's difficult for them. Yeah, that's true. That's you know? true. I mean, but my son's such a good sport in the shows and I'll tell jokes that are embarrassing to him. Like I tell uh-huh. this joke about how sometimes to, in order to protect your kids, you have to embarrass them so that when my sons were at that age that I knew they were watching porn, which is uh-huh. in case you're wondering when they suddenly love showers <laughs> and there's no Kleenex in your house at that mm-hmm. age, I made each of them go to Rite Aid and buy condoms with me because a, if you can buy condoms with your mom, you'll never be embarrassed and B I needed, <laughs> and B I needed condoms. So I'll tell this joke in front of him. And, uh, but then I always, you know, uh, and I'll joke around when he's there that like, I'm that my next special should be called. I'm sorry, Jackson. Cause that, that's my son's name. I'm so <laughs> sorry, Jackson. I'm so sorry. You had to see this, you know, but he's a really good sport about it, you know, because he has a really good sense of humor. Um, you know, so, and then, so, and then you have the two little ones at home. No, I have my 12 year old. And then I have a 21 year old at UCSC, UC university at Santa Cruz. Oh, okay. Okay. And he's sort of like, he's the sweetest thing, but he looks like he fell off a 1968 grateful dead bus. I always say, oh. I mean, you know, uh, Santa Cruz is, is, you know, that very hippie place. Uh, he came home the first Mother's Day after starting there and like proudly presented me with a joint and was like, it's my dream to get high with you. And I was like, that's great, honey. It's uh-huh. my dream to have abs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, 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 it, you know, it's fun there. You know, when you have a lot of kids, they're all different. And I'm really blessed to have two, two, two sons and two daughters. 
Mm, oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Could you please share with my audience um, how they can find you, any websites, any social medias or whatever? I am on all socials at that, T-H-A-T, Maggie Hyde, which is up on my my backdrop here, um, where we have listings of all the shows. I'm also on YouTube there as well. So um, you can, and we're doing Maggie's mashups all over the country. I, we have a show February 10th in Palm Springs and then um, shows here in Los Angeles and all over the country coming up. So come see us. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you, Marcella. I hope I get to meet you in person one day. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you come to LA soon. Oh, me too.